0: Welcome to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. I'm your host, Heather Kelly. Today, we're going to talk about money and your lifestyle, especially during the Christmas holidays. Joining me today is Amanda Sherritt. She's a financial advisor and the chief operating officer with Whitaker Myers Wealth Managers. Welcome to the show, Amanda. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You know, a lot of people just don't want to hear that they may have to curb their spending or change their spending or saving at any time. But I think the holidays is what really gets people sometimes. So, what are some things you see with your clients where maybe they're getting a little bit too far into debt?
1: Yes, and that is exactly true. Like you said, around the holidays, it is hard to not overspend on gifts when you are buying for loved ones. And so one of the things that we talk about with clients is really making sure that they plan ahead. And so for everyone, for most people, a budget is a bad word, but we like to tend to say, no, it's just you giving yourself permission to spend that money ahead of time. And We think a budget's really important and especially with the holidays, what we say goes with that is having a very specific plan for what you're going to spend on everybody. So we have a spreadsheet that we use with clients and our financial coach specifically does this a lot with clients and helps them list out everybody that they're buying for and putting a dollar amount next to their name ahead of time. And then what you can do is add that all up and know what you're going to spend total and what your limit is on everybody and you can decide in advance if that number is appropriate for your budget uh, and before you start buying and possibly overspending that way you can readjust as needed before you're in the store making the purchase. I
0: love that idea especially if you write it out ahead of time and you go okay mom and dad they're 50 bucks each a present and the cousin I don't like very much gets a $10 or maybe I just re-gift something to the cousin (laughs) but if you write that all ahead of time and then you have a total you may be surprised if you add up all those numbers all of a sudden you're in the $500 range for everybody combined and you go oh my gosh I had no idea I was to spend that much money, so then you can readjust.
1: Exactly, and because I'm sure we've all been in situations where you go and you start buying for people, and there are people in your life that are just easier to shop for than others, and so you tend to overspend on them, and then you realize, oh my goodness, I've spent so much, I don't have very much left to spend, but I have all these other people I need to still buy for, and so it ends up you you kind of want to play that game of making it fair. And you end up overspending and hopefully not but a lot of times going into debt and so we just say if you can think about it ahead of time that saves all of that
0: you know and this last year especially people are just going into debt anyway because of inflation and they're having to put money for groceries on the credit card that maybe they didn't used to or maybe they've always put groceries on the credit card but they were able to pay it off at the end of the month except for this last year. Now they can't pay all of it off all at once. So now they're paying interest on their groceries or their gas that they didn't used to have to. And now they're putting presents on the credit card and the cycle is just getting worse.
1: I agree. And then what a stressful way to start the new year when you just put a lot of debt on those credit cards and now you're starting the new year stressed out and trying to figure out how you're going to pay them off. And so yeah, we do not like debt at all and so or credit cards at all. So our is try to avoid those at all costs. Um, but especially if you know that you cannot pay them off, we, we really say try to avoid it. And don't underestimate just going simple. You know, like you said, thinking about re or getting creative, thinking outside the box. Can you make something? Um, can you spend quality time with them? What can you do to make sure that you stick within your budget and it's not a nightmare starting at the, the first of the year.
0: Yeah, and I personally love regifting. Now I do wanna just preface this. This isn't things that I used in the past and then went, oh, I'm not using it anymore. These are things like my birthday was just a month ago, and an acquaintance gave me a gift card for a steakhouse, a a restaurant that's a steakhouse. I'm a vegetarian. I will never set foot into a steakhouse, but here's, you know, 25 bucks that's perfectly useful, and I do have meat-eating friends, so... Guess what's showing up in their Christmas gift this year? So it's like that type of regifting, something that is perfectly good. It's brand new, but you have no use for it in your own life. That's the type of things you want to regift. And guess what? It saved me a bunch of money.
1: Yes, exactly. The key there is what always makes me nervous is I'm like, I got to make sure I remember who gave this to me. so I just give it back to them, right? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But yes, you're exactly right.
0: That's just one way you can save money. I think if people haven't thought about how much they're going to spend on their holidays yet, because a lot of people just, oh, it's the day after Thanksgiving. That's when I start my shopping. But if they're already in that cycle this year, of struggling to keep up with their debt? What tips would you give for them as we come into the holiday season?
1: Yeah, if they're struggling to kind of maintain their normal expenses with their normal budget, then that's where I would say, let's try to think outside the box. And are there things that you can sell? And this is really helpful. I mean, Dave Ramsey talks about this all the time as far as selling stuff to get out of debt. But I think about it too in this way of especially when you're preparing for the holiday season, you kind of want to get stuff out of your house anyways, or at least I know I do. I have a a daughter and, you know, she's she's going to get a lot of stuff. And so I'm like, this is a perfect time to get some of that out that she's not using. And so if you can sell some of that stuff, it accomplishes decluttering, but also gets you some money that you can use towards Christmas presents. And so I think that is a perfect idea, but I think we underestimate that and we just think, Oh, we don't have anything that we could sell. But the reality is if you have kids toys, if you have clothes, that sort of thing that you're not using anymore, you can put those on the resale shops and get money for that and use that towards Christmas. And then the other thing is I mentioned, can you make stuff? So one thing that my husband and I did when we were paying off debt and we've even done it since is we would go apple picking in the fall and then make homemade applesauce and jar it as a gift. Um, or my daughter and I will make bracelets as gifts. Can, is there something that you can make? It does take a little bit more time, but it takes a whole lot less money and maybe means a little bit more because it came from you. So I know that people don't like hearing that because they, the, the thought is just going to the store and buying something and you don't want to look cheap. But I think that if you put the right thought into it, you can not look cheap. You can be very thoughtful and still save money in the long run. One
0: of the best gifts I've ever received, and it was almost 30 years ago now, but I remember it crystal clear, was a friend of mine made homemade uh, hot chocolate mix and went to the dollar store for $1, got a jar and make this mix of hot cocoa and then put the recipe so I could make it myself in the future. Now that may not work for everybody, but for her, that was like, Probably 2 to $3 maximum for everything that she purchased to put in there. And I remember it to this day. That is the best gift I ever got because she took the time to mix something and do something nice that she knew I would like.
1: Exactly. It's more personal. It didn't take her a lot of money, but it wasn't about that. It was about the thought. And so I... I think that is perfect. And like you said, I think the dollar stores, which are now, like you said, they're dollar twenty-five or something. Those are so underrated because you can go there and maybe not buy something that could be a very good gift, but you could turn it into a good gift like you're talking about. We made um, personalized wine glasses. Also, when we were paying off debt, we w- we got wine glasses from the dollar store and would paint the bottom of them and make them so that we could gift them. So there's lots of ideas. I mean, Pinterest could be your friend if you're looking for that, those sorts of ideas. But I think that it's really the key to decide that you are not going to go into debt anytime, but especially for the holidays and just figuring out a way to make that happen.
0: We need to take a break. When we come back, we might want to move into... Maybe it's the post-holidays, and unfortunately, you may have put some things on your credit card, and now you get the bill. Uh Uh-oh. Now what do I do? So we'll be right back with Amanda Sherritt. She is a financial advisor and chief operating officer with Whitaker Myers Wealth Managers. Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that affects your life in any way money-wise. We're talking about it, and my guest today is Amanda Sherritt. She's the Chief Operating Officer with Whitaker Myers Wealth Managers. You're also financial advisor, and... Let's say we've gotten ourselves past the holidays. Maybe we were able to make a few things or re-gift some stuff, but, ooh, unfortunately, there were just a few gifts I had to buy, and they were more expensive than I anticipated, and out came the credit card. And now the bill has arrived and not only on that credit card bill is the gift, but there are some groceries and gas for my car and I can't pay the whole thing off and now interest is accruing and it's just going to snowball on me and I don't know how to take care of this debt I'm constantly accruing now.
1: Yes, and unfortunately this is very common. And so the first thing I always tell people is don't beat yourself up. This is very common. It always happens. So give yourself grace. It already happened. There's no sense in, in beating yourself up over it. But then just looking forward and saying, okay, how can I make this happen to get it paid off? How can I use that snowball that you mentioned in reverse to benefit me in the long run? And we call that the debt snowball. So if you're familiar with Dave Ramsey's teachings, they, they teach the debt snowball. And it's really the opposite of, of the snowball of going into debt. It's helping you to get out of debt meaning you list your debts from smallest to largest and you pay them off in that order. So you pay minimum payments on everything so that you are not, you know, going behind on anything, but then you attack the smallest one with a vengeance. So you're just throwing everything at it that you can. And you're probably saying, I don't have anything to throw at it. Um, but that's where, again, I know, no, I know people do not like to hear about the budget, but that's where it's so important to make sure you know where your money is going. Because likely you do have even a few dollars that you could throw at it if you're planning ahead of time.
0: For people who maybe use DoorDash or Uber Eats once or twice a week, I would look at how much you're actually spending on the service fee plus the tip. That alone is usually like 9 or $10 minimum that... What if you just picked up that food instead? Well, that saved you $10 per order. A lot of times I think we talk about, well, get rid of that coffee in the morning or well, maybe if you can't get rid of it or like that order that you get, somebody delivers food to you, think about just picking it up yourself or making it at home if you can, if you feel you have those skills. But there are things you can do around food that will save you money, even if you don't cut out the bad things in your life.
1: I 100% agree. I mean, to your point, I love to order my groceries online and go pick them up. And in some busy seasons, I thought, what if I had them delivered? But to your point, it's expensive to have them delivered. And I thought, nope, I'll just make the drive and go pick them up. Um, but I think that is is very valid. And what you can do is a lot of times people feel like, oh, that $10 doesn't matter. But it does, if you throw that at your debt, it really does make an impact. And so anytime you save yourself money that way, quote unquote, save yourself money because you were going to have it delivered, but you d- you chose not to, go ahead and just set that aside to throw it on your debt anyways. You are going to spend it, so why not? My husband and I are still, we are consumer debt free, but we're still paying off our mortgage. And we just recently said that. It's like when we decided that we were gonna spend money on something, but we found a cheaper way to do it, because mentally we already planned on spending that money, let's just throw it at the mortgage. And it's just going to be chip by chip breaking it away and making an impact little by little. And then one day you'll look up and go, oh, wow, I am almost have this debt completely paid off.
0: And that's why you talk about tackling the smallest debt first. Because if we're just throwing little bits, even a few dollars, you may not notice that debt is coming down, if it's a really large debt. But if it's the smallest one or the smallest you have, even the smallest amount of money you add on top of the minimum payment, you will see an improvement in that number every time your bill comes in.
1: Exactly. And a lot of times people want to talk about, shouldn't you just pay the highest interest rate first? Um, but to your point, it's if you pay the, the lowest balance first, you get those quick wins. And that's what motivates you to keep going. Because in the end, it's really about our behavior and our emotional attachment to money. And so that is what the key is, is getting those wins to keep you motivated.
0: What tips for saving our money? I mean, we've been talking about let's, you know, pay off some debt or try not to go into debt buying Christmas presents this year. But how can I just save my money?
1: Yeah. And that honestly, we jumped ahead to paying off debt. But the first step that we tell people when they're starting to tackle this is if you don't have a starter emergency fund of at least $1,000, we say get that in place. Because that is if you're deciding you're not going to use debt as a tool anymore, you need a buffer between you and life to make sure that you are not going into debt and you have money there when something happens. So the key is, yeah, just really starting to look at saving and making it a priority. The reality is you're either naturally a saver or naturally a spender. That is likely you fall in one of the two camps. And so if you are a saver, then you don't need to hear my tips because you, that is very natural to you. But if you are a spender, I think that, that you can build that muscle of savings, but you have to understand why it is important and understand why you're building that savings. And truly it's like I equate it to lifting weights. I say when you start lifting weights, You can't lift the heaviest one. You lift a little until you can lift a lot. And it's the same with saving. You save a little until you can save a lot. And so it's literally just building that habit of a dollar here, $10, $20, building onto that and saving to your point of how can you look at your everyday spending and cut back in those small ways, not having the food delivered? Um, Are there cheaper places to shop at for your clothes, for your groceries, that sort of thing? and making those small tweaks. Because what I did when I first started working with clients, I made the mistake of I, I was already very gazelle intense in my personal life of cutting out everything and making sure that I was getting the debt paid off. And so I wanted that badly for them. And so I just went aggressive off the bat and said, you should cut everything out of your budget. (laughs) And what I realized was, they need to own it for themselves. And what happens is, When you make small tweaks, you start seeing it working and then you are motivated to make bigger tweaks to your budget and to your lifestyle because you see that it's working and you see that you're accomplishing that goal of saving and paying off debt. But it has to start with you buying into the plan and seeing that it's working for yourself.
0: We need to take one more break. When we come back with Amanda Sherritt, we will go into more tips on saving and planning for the future. So we'll be right back with Amanda. Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're talking about money and your lifestyle, whether you're in debt, you're spending too much, how do you start savings, and maybe even saving for the future into retirement. Joining me today is Amanda Sherritt. She is the Chief Operating Officer with Whitaker Myers Wealth Managers, and you are a financial advisor. So Amanda, we've given a few tips, just sort of generically, about how you can maybe not spend so much, especially during this holiday season. But if you've already started that, and maybe you've put up too much on your credit cards, we talked a little bit about getting out of debt a little faster.
1: Yeah. So I think, like you mentioned, the cutting out on the coffee. I think there are plenty of people that talk about that, and um, plenty of people that are mad about that advice because they just don't want to give that up. And so I oftentimes say, look at some of the things that maybe you're not even realizing that you're spending money on in areas that you shouldn't. For example, many people are probably overspending on their home and auto insurance just because they put it in place early on. They've never looked at it and they just get the renewals and they just pay it and it goes up every year. And so if you shop that a lot of times we see clients save a lot of money with that, but it's something you you maybe didn't think about. You consider that a fixed expense in your budget line. So things like that. Subscriptions. I mean, it is so easy in this world to sign up for all the subscriptions. So Walmart plus Amazon, Hulu, Netflix. I mean, you could just add them all and end up with a lot and maybe you're not using all of them. So really evaluating and there's services out there that will evaluate for you what all subscriptions you have and tell you, you you can look at it and say, am I even using these? Do I even need these anymore?
0: Yeah, one big one is the Amazon Prime. A lot of people get that mostly for the free shipping. I knew you can watch some movies with that as well. And if that's not a big part of why you have that subscription, you can use Amazon and get free shipping on 99% of stuff without the subscription. And I do that, and what it takes a little bit of extra work. It's just like three extra clicks as you're checking out. And first of all, the first thing that pops up is like, hey, are you sure you don't want, for, you know, Amazon Prime? You got to make sure you say no when it's in the smallest writing possible. So, you know, they, and the yes is really big. Um, but you click yeah. no. And then when you get to the checkout screen, it gives you a bunch of options on how quickly you want this shipped like next-day shipping, three-day shipping, and then, of course, Amazon Prime is free. But they have one kind of in the middle that you have to read, and it says just standard, like, five- to six-day shipping is free. Wow. But most of the time, what you're buying has to be over $25. And so I only buy stuff on Amazon Prime when I have a couple of items that I might need that total over $25. And then you just go through the steps. You get free shipping if you're willing to wait five days instead of, like, today or tomorrow. Because, really, when do you have to have something today or tomorrow?
1: And I think that is also really good advice too, because it puts a little bit of resistance between you and the shopping. If you have to wait to give a few things, you don't get that, um, what we call Amazon amnesia, where you order it and you forgot that you even ordered it and it shows up at your house. And that is probably a sign that you maybe didn't really need it if you ordered it and even forgot that you ordered it. So I think that's great advice. Yeah, and the Amazon Prime
0: subscription, it's now, if you buy the entire year up front, it's up to like, I don't know, $140 a year or something like that and it's even more if you just do month to month so that right there is a big chunk of money that you can put somewhere else
1: Yes. And, and what you just said, too, is another tip. And I realize that this can be hard when you're getting started. But a lot of these subscriptions, if you do decide that you want them or you feel like you need them, then paying up front can really help you as well. And again, that might come a little bit later as you build a little bit of a cushion and are able to do that. But you can save pretty significant dollars when you pay up front for the subscription for the annual amount versus month to month. Yeah.
0: So those are a couple of ideas. Once we've gotten into the habit of checking out where we can save money, cut out a few things possibly, and we're saving that
1: money, where should it go? So we kind of follow, again, mentioned Dave Ramsey a few times here, we help clients follow his baby steps. And so we would say, you know, once you have your emergency fund fully funded, you're completely out of consumer debt. That's the point at which we say you're ready to start investing and saving for retirement. So that's the point where our advisors work with clients and and help you build out a plan for how much you should be saving based on your income and your goals and saving that into your retirement accounts, your 401k to make sure you're getting the match and then Roth IRAs and maybe brokerage accounts or um, maybe you've heard it called a bridge account which is where it's a non-retirement account. And if you have a a goal of early retirement, those are helpful because you can access those at any time. You don't have to wait until retirement age. And I do want to make
0: sure people understand you do not have to have your thousand dollar emergency fund right off the bat. We're talking about putting that $10 a week or $20 a month that you have left over toward The thousand dollars, yeah, it seems like it's not a lot, but you will find that it grows fairly quickly if you're consistent with putting that extra money toward it.
1: Exactly. Yes. I mean, I would, you know, I'd be surprised if a lot of people were able to accomplish that in the first month. Um, We do say to try and make that that a quick win for you, fairly quick to try and, you know, a few months or something so that you can get on to paying off debt if you have debt, but you're exactly right. It's not something that you need to find a thousand dollars. It's you're working towards that goal.
0: And for the people who are spenders, can you just explain why the thousand dollar emergency fund is so important to have and just pretend like it isn't there?
1: Yes, I am a spender. I used to be a spender. I would say I have built the saving muscle over time but it did not come natural to me to save money in the in the early days of me starting down this financial journey. And what I found is you relax in a place you didn't even know you were stressed when you have an emergency fund. And I'll just share a quick example of that. My husband and I had car trouble and it was shortly after we got our emergency fund funded and we had car trouble and we just naturally went into how are we gonna get it fixed? How are we gonna pay for it? And it was just very stressful conversation until so we said we both had a light bulb moment and said, We have an emergency fund. And so it took this stress of how are we going to pay for it and and how are we going to get it fixed to just now we have to figure out how we're going to get it fixed, but we have the money for it. That's exactly what it's there for. So it takes emergencies and brings them down a notch, if you will. You can focus on the true emergency at hand, be it a medical emergency um, or a car emergency like I just gave or something with your home. You can just focus on that problem and not have to worry about the money also. I've seen so many people, you know, their kids are in the hospital or something bad is happening, and they don't want to be thinking about money, but the reality is they know that they can't afford that bill. And so it kind of takes them emotionally away from the, the situation. And they don't want that to be true, but it's just the reality. And so when you have an emergency fund, it just changes that whole dynamic.
0: Yeah. And then if you do have to use your emergency fund, either a part of it or most of it, just remember to go back to putting the money back into it because I've had to use my emergency fund a couple of times as well. I was lucky. I've never used the full amount, but I have been able to refund it within a few months of using a portion of it.
1: Exactly. You're, you're right. You want to make sure that then you pause the other goals that you're working on and rebuild that emergency fund. And what you'll find that happens as you move through this process is sometimes an emergency will happen and you'll figure out a way to move things around in your budget and in your daily expenses to just cover it with the cash that you have and not have to dip into your emergency fund. And that, again, is just going to come with time with you getting comfortable with giving every dollar a name and making sure that you're saving and being intentional with the money. But it really does happen.
0: Any last tips that you have for our listeners on saving, getting out of debt and maybe planning for
1: retirement? I would say just getting started. That is the most overwhelming part of it is getting started because we probably have a lot of guilt or shame around where we're at financially. If you do have debt and, my husband and I had, when we started on this journey, we had $141,000 of debt. We, okay. it was a ton of debt that we paid off in three and a half years. So I would say it, it is very doable. You can, you can do this and just making sure you sit down and not expect perfection in the first couple of months. Because if you're anything like me, I had no idea what I was spending on groceries. So when I did our first budget, I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I'm just going to make up a number to put in here. Um, And then but then you get more comfortable with it because you start paying attention to what you're spending and you're able to do your budget better. So it does just come with time. So I think I would say that. And then I would say, think about the reason why you're doing this. So if you are also stressed because you can't pay your bills and you know you're not saving for retirement, Getting this mess cleaned up will help you to be able to then start planning for retirement and saving for retirement. Because if we try to do everything all at once, so you're trying to save for an emergency fund, you're trying to pay off debt, you're trying to save for retirement. If something comes up, one of those balls is going to drop and it's probably saving for your retirement. And we know that the key to investing is time. And so, you know, having this, you're investing, then you're not, you're investing, then you're not. It's really not the best way to go about it. So we'd say just quickly try to get all of the debt out of your life so that you can start investing and saving for retirement. And you know that it's happening consistently every month because you have that extra money in your budget that you cleared up because you don't have any debt anymore.
0: Great tips. Thank you so much. Amanda Sherritt, again, you are a financial advisor and chief operating officer with Whitaker Myers Wealth Managers. Can people reach out to you if they have any more questions?
1: Yes, absolutely. We have financial coaches and financial advisors on our team, and so we would be happy to help. Our website is WhitakerWealth.com. WhitakerWealth.com.
0: Hopefully people will check that out and get more information and a lot of good advice. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You can email me with any questions or topics you want to hear about at hkelly at ksl.com. That's h-k-e-l-l-y at ksl.com. And because this is Money Making Sense, you can subscribe for free on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast, and you'll never miss another episode. Thanks for being a Money Making Sense listener. Follow your common sense on the social media, Money Making Sense, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.